everyone. Welcome to part four of Podcasting is the New Kink, where I'm giving you a behind the scenes look into my client list. Today, we're going to be talking about what it's like hosting a podcast and having a podcast producer and all those good things. And I'm so excited for today because this episode is going to be extra special. Jasmine Gary, aka Pink Lady, she, her, and today's guest is my friend, my partner in crime, my partner in all things artistic and marketing and trying to figure out this freaking world we live in, Mark Travis Rivera, the professional storyteller. I'm so excited to have you here, Mark. Hey, oh my God, bless you for that introduction. I love you. <laughs> I was going to say, when you said partner in crime, I was like, girl, I don't do crime. I'm not meant for jail, honey. Jail, ours is not the new black in this world, honey. Uh-uh, I want to survive in jail. So, um, I'm, but I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for including me. I'm super excited to be on your podcast. Yes, thank you for being here. So first of all, I want to tell everybody how we know each other, right? Me and Mark met in high school. Rosa L. Park School of Fine and Performing Arts in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, we actually didn't kick it off, you know, in the beginning. We did. I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say, like, you better keep it real, girl, because you're not about to keep it real. Jasmine did not like me. Actually, most people don't like me. Well, most people didn't <laughs> like me in high school at first, but then I think I won people over towards the end. Like the first two years were really hard because I was the annoying, crippled, super gay guy. And I think towards the last two years, I really got my, I found myself and I found my voice and I think people really, even those that didn't like me, they appreciate, they respected my authenticity. So yeah, Jasmine was not a big fan of me at first, but, <laughs> but I think we really got really close, I think junior, senior year of high school. Um, but also Jasmine and I were just very different people back then. I mean, it, we didn't really have a lot in common. You were very like loud and like combative and I was very like, figure out my sexuality my brother had just been murdered in freshman year of high school so it was a lot going on and so um but I'm really thankful for our friendship has endured all the highs and lows of life and I'm you know you're one of my lifers so I'm super excited to be here yes thank you for saying that I was gonna keep it real so don't worry you know we keep it real here <laughs> um so yeah we did not hit it off at first like you said we didn't really get close until junior year I think we got really close the year that you were gonna run for um SGA president and I lost I'm still bitter about that but it's okay but yes <laughs> can you tell that I'm still bitter it wasn't meant to be <laughs> It wasn't meant to be, but it's fine because look at where you are now. That's true. But how did I want? We were able to have some kind of reunion by now, but that's another story for another day. Ooh, yeah, shit. we'll definitely talk about that another day because it's 2023 <laughs> and we graduated in 2010. But anyway. <laughs> shady boots. I'm being shaded. I love you, Nochika. No, but anyway, yes. We were very different people back then. Um, I was, like you said, very loud. I was very aggressive. I was very know-it-all. I was very, just very. And you were very, but in a different way, you know, if you get what I'm saying? A different kind of loud, <laughs> a different kind of obnoxious. Um, but you know what I never, yeah. even through all your aggressiveness and personality quirks, 
no one could ever deny your talent. You are one of the most talented actresses I've ever met. And actually, one of the biggest sadness of my life from my high school time is that you never pursued acting professionally, that you fell in love with behind the scenes and just kind of went down that route. And I'm proud of you for all that you've accomplished, you know, from Howard to the podcast business and all the good things in between. But I just felt like you could have been the next big actress out of Patterson. And I was, so, I was just a little sad that you never went down that route. But I also know it's a hard life to be, an, uh, to be that kind of artist. And so I get it. I don't think I've ever talked about that before. Wow. So yeah, I'm just revealing all kinds of new things now. You have kind of hinted at that, but you've never said those words to me. And I appreciate that so much. Um, it's funny because I really, the podcast episode that dropped today um, as we're recording is about uh, my like entrepreneurship journey. And I talk about why I stopped acting. And I'll just say a little bit of it now is just acting, you know, good acting requires vulnerability. And at that time in my life, I was not trying to be vulnerable. I was not trying to let people in. I was not trying to just go there at all. I was um, hiding a lot of trauma and just different things. And I just wasn't trying to be that. But it's funny that you mentioned acting because I've been thinking about, um, you know, I do. I definitely love the background space. I love stage managing. I love the directing. I love the crew type of thing. But I've definitely been thinking about going back into acting, maybe, you know, just for community theater or something like that, just to see, you know, just to get my feet wet and see what it feels like. Because I, parts of me definitely miss it. You know, it, I love being on a stage. That's a feeling like no other. You know, I, I definitely haven't been able to match that feeling yet. So we'll see. Mark, you're crying. Why are you crying? I'm crying because that just makes me so happy. You know, I just, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why. And I know we're going, we're kind of going on a random tangent, which is fine. They can follow along or not. I don't care. You know, there are so many kids who are so talented where we come from. And if you're not a, a rapper or an athlete, the chance of you making it out as an artist, you know, is really slim. And you know, people always hear about Queen Latifah and Whitney Houston from Jersey and stuff, but or or um, Bruce Springsteen, whatever his name is. Uh, but you know, you don't really hear a lot of people from Patterson. You know, and then there's Fetty Wap, and you know, whatever that you know means for people. And you know, I always thought there were so many people in our class who just had so much talent. And even and it's so funny because those were the main people that were dogging me in high school, telling me that I wasn't good enough, that I was never going to make it, that I was a not to, to throw any more shit, I'm not going to name anyone, but, you know, they were like, you're a wannabe, you're a, you're just a minor, uh, when I was doing dance, studying dance as well, and I, I was told by someone who I really admired that I was just like a wannabe, that I was never going to make it. I was even told by teachers at our high school that I was stupid for starting my own dance company for disabled, non-disabled dancers, and I remember, like, some of those people actually apologized to me years later. You know, they apologize, teachers and, and schoolmates, because they realized that despite the barriers that I had to overcome, my determination, I mean, I'm not the most talented person. I'm not the most talented storyteller, speaker, writer, choreographer, dancer. I definitely can't sing. Um, but I think what distinguishes me from other people is my work ethic. It's how hard I, I always say I had the J-Lo effect. Right. I may not be the most talented person in the room, but honey, I'm gonna get my coins and I'm gonna grow my empire, right? Because that's what I do. That's what I do as a creative entrepreneur. And someone like you, you had so much talent. I mean, it was I remember um, first of all, you always dressed up the best for Halloween. You're just super talented. All the job majors always did. But I remember, and I'm forgetting what what I think it might have been pie. It was there was one production that you did. 
that I remember to this day that like, he just gave me chills. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, she's going to have a bright future of acting ahead of her. And then when you told me, oh, psych, I'm not pursuing acting. I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, and, and you know, but it's like, and of course, we had some mainly Jennifer Floyd, you know, my best friend, a dear friend of yours since middle school. You know, she's gone on to perform in various Broadway productions and concert dance. And she did West Side Story with Steven Spielberg, that filmed in our hometown. So she's one of the shining stars of our class. You know, there are other people who have done things on a smaller scale. Um, but then there are people, unfortunately, who passed away and people who didn't get to live out their dreams and people who just totally gave up on their art form. And so I started crying to answer your question because it made me so happy to hear you say, I'm going to dip my foot back in the, in the water. And I can totally hear how you say I wasn't willing to be vulnerable because being an artist is to constantly be exposing your, yourself to people you don't even know. For the sake of the art and and that is beautiful but it's also very difficult and I do it as a writer as a storyteller as a speaker as a choreographer and it's it can be really hard but I I think that even if you just do it on the side it doesn't have to be your career but just something you do even if you become an acting coach like whatever it is that you want to do with it you are too talented not to pursue it again and I'm so I get I got teary-eyed because there are so many dreams that have been deferred from where we come from and I'm glad you're not deferring your dreams anymore. God, it's almost like crying. I'm sorry, Oprah. I'm not gonna cry, okay? I'm not crying, so stop it. Like, <laughs> stop it, okay? But I, I just, I'm so touched by everything you said. You're, you're so, just so right. Like everything you said, I was just, I was getting chills, like listening to you talk, um, because you're so right. There are so many people from Patterson who, you know, just give up, you know, give up. And I knew from the beginning of meeting you, from the first day of meeting you, you were not that type of person at all. You were never giving up and you were always going for something. And, you know, no matter how disappointed you got when you didn't get it, it was like, okay, on to the next thing. And that thing was successful or maybe not. And then it was like, on to the next thing. And that is just, it was just so beautiful to watch. Like, I never thought, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, that you and I would be friends 10 years later. I never thought yeah. that. More than <laughs> 10 years just... at this point. All right. All right. <laughs> old girl. We get old girl. Round don't cloud and black don't crap. We still cute. You're right. You're right. Because I'll be, I be having people tell me I look 21, okay? <laughs> they tried it. Yes. <laughs> anyway. And not just not just knowing each other, right? But I think it's really important to talk about, like, yeah, we both come from the same city. We have similar backgrounds in terms of our upbringing, our economics, our, you know, different things like that. But I, I think, you know, it's really um, important to mention not only have we witnessed each other grow up and literally grow up and evolve and become who we're meant to be, but we've also worked together across various industries, right? So, like, yeah. you were a managing director of my dance company at some point, helping me manage my company, helping me grow the company. Um through the last chapter of that phase. You have been my podcast producer, helped me launching my first podcast. And I've learned so much from you through that process. Um, and there's so many other things that you've done in my life on a personal level, just being my friend, I've learned so much from you, right? And so the fact that you, cause you can't always become business partners or creative partners or people you grew up with because sometimes people can't separate their friendship from the business. And I've always had, because I started my dance company at 17, I had to learn early on that there can be friends you work with and friends you can never work with. Same thing with family. There's some family members you can never work with and there's family members you can work with. And working with you, I've never had to question 
whether I can have a difficult conversation with you or hold you accountable or vice versa, and that it would impact our friendships. I never had to question that because you and I are both so committed to the craft and so serious about our calling that we just want to keep investing and supporting each other, right? Like you're always the first podcast producer I mention and anytime I'm in a conversation with someone that says they're thinking about starting a podcast, right? I've gotten clients, I've gotten you intros, right? And I, and I do that because I know you're worth it and I know that you do good work. I also know that because when I walk into rooms and opportunities because of successes I've had, it's because of people like you, friends like you who've encouraged me and supported me along the way. How dare I not think to not say your name, right? Like, I there would be no Mark Charles Rivera, the professional storyteller, without people like you in my life who have literally carried me. You know what I mean? It's just like I I never forget where I come from, right? I'm just not defined by it. I love that last line. Say it again. I'll never forget where I come from. I just won't be defined by it. I love that. Um, I just wanted to add in. So everything comes full circle, right? Like that's what I'm learning in my life. Like everything comes full circle and the acting is just another thing that I feel like had to come full circle. And it's funny how podcasting got me there because starting to, you know, tell my own story and talk about myself in podcasting just opened up another door and Maybe acting on the other other side of that door. Maybe it's not, but it's just another avenue for me to try. And you know, it just it feels a lot better now. I I'm okay with be, being vulnerable now. I am too okay with it, right? Like I'm like, ask me anything. I I want to share. You know, like yeah. of course, there's some things that I'm not comfortable talking about yet, right. but. You know, I'm just so different now. So I'm just really appreciative of that journey and how it got me to here now, you know? Yeah, and I also think, you know, because podcasting, there's an art and a science to podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. You happen to have ability to do both, right? Obviously, as a behind-the-scenes person, as a host, as someone who's telling a story and and holding conversation and holding space, I think that people, you know, the reason why podcasting, even though it's becoming a very saturated market, the reason why people don't really see themselves reflected is because you know, people are not willing to be vulnerable. People are not willing to put in the work. And like, it's not easy. Like, you know, I invested thousands of dollars into my podcast, my first podcast. And we made maybe one sponsorship and maybe maybe $50 at, on sponsorship ads on Anchor. Like, I wasn't able to monetize it. Yeah. But I had to tell myself I wasn't doing it to monetize it. And I think that's what people have to recognize. Like, sometimes it's not all about money for me, right? And so like, yes, I love my work. Yes, I want to be paid for my art and do what I do. But- the podcast was, it had just, COVID had just struck and you and I had started talking about doing a podcast. I wanted me, me wanted to do a podcast and me just being really afraid. And then when the p- pandemic hit, I was like, oh my God, what if I die tomorrow? I will have mm. never had done this dream of mine to do a podcast. And you know me, like I'm someone that when I put my mind to something, I'm going to fucking do it. Oh, sorry, can I yeah. curse? Oh, of course. I'm going to fucking do it, right? Like I'm going to fucking do it and I'm going to work really hard, even if it's not successful, even if I only get a thousand listeners or whatever, right? Like I don't care because for me, it's about, what legacy will I leave behind? What story will people be able to find? Because I did the work to honor the calling of my life. Mm-hmm. And so Marking the Path wasn't the most successful podcast out there. And I'm sure I could have done things better, but I'm always doing a million different things. It's hard to just make one thing a focus point, right? But at this point in my life, what the year of me has taught me, as every year I pick a word as a theme, and this year the, the word is me, what this year of me has taught me in the last two months of 2023 um, is that I've never been more clear about who I am and what I'm meant to do with my life. Mm. And that clarity 
that we were just talking before we recorded, that clarity has allowed me to have more traction in my career over the last two months than I did all of last year of 2022. Yeah. Dreams that I had deferred, dreams that I always wanted to happen came to fruition, right? Yeah. Because I dared to bet on myself. I dared to honor the calling of my life. It hasn't been easy. I haven't slept well probably since November of 2022, right? Because it's being a creative entrepreneur is hard. You know, the cash flow is the issue, right? Waiting for people to pay you, having to do consulting work to make ends meet, having past due bills, right? Like, and even in that, I know that this is just a temporary moment, right? That this is just a season, not the entirety of my life. And I will have a day when I can go to Target and not put anything back at the cashier register. Because that's going to be my measure of success. That's how that's how I know I've made it. And it sounds silly, right? But everyone knows I love Target. Yes. But <laughs> Oprah said she knew she made it when she had her home and she saw so many trees in her front and backyard. Mm. Right? Bam. For yeah. me, all I want to do is be able to go to twice, at least twice a month, be able to go to Target for hours. Because I can go up there for hours, get lost in the sauce. <laughs> and put whatever the fuck I want in the, in the shopping cart and not to put a single thing back because it's not a necessity. It's a want. Mm. And, and, and I still have all my bills paid. I have money in my savings and all these things, right? And that's how I know I would have made it. I've been successful, yeah. right? And so it's like you betting on yourself, you doing this podcast in a new kink, you believing and investing in Pink Lady Productions and, and you giving back to your community in, in the Triton area and like you doing that, right? And you being so involved in our community. Like, you know, I never forget where I come from. I live in Atlanta now. But I'll be in Jersey in April speaking at the mental health conference again, yes. talking about LGBTQ mental health, because I was the only breakout session dedicated in the city of Patterson for that conference, mm. dedicated entirely to LGBTQ plus youth of color in the city of Patterson. And I know what a difference that could have made in my life had I had someone come back to their hometown and say, hey, mm. you're queer. Hey, you're gender nonconforming. Hey, you're a person of color. Hey, is it going to be a lot harder for you? But you can still become something. Right. And even you, your own journey, right, of becoming who you are and, 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 and disclosing your own queerness or your own sexuality. And, and you can edit this out if you want to include this, but like this notion around like even being a witness to your journey, right? Like, and I know that it's a ripple effect. I know that by you being more courageous, there's going to be another Black woman in Patterson who's going to be more courageous or another Black little girl somewhere in the country listening to your podcast who's going to be freer because you chose to be free and you chose to share that story, right? Yeah. And so it becomes a ripple effect because I always say we cannot become what we cannot consume the stories that we see, hear, and read, right? Which is why I went into podcasting with you as my, yeah. my, my producing partner and my creative partner because I want brown and black people who are queer and gender nonconforming and trans and, and, and non-binary and disabled to see themselves reflected. I self-published that little poetry collection of essays and poems because I wanted a Latinx little boy who was queer and not masculine and disabled to see himself reflected in the pages of my story because I know that would have made a difference in my life, mm -hmm. right? The depression, the suicide ideation, right? The mental health issues, the bullying, all of these things, right? When I became the bully, right? All of these things would have been very different had I had examples or representation in the story that I was consuming back then. Yeah, right? absolutely. But the closest I got was Harry Potter in a closet. <laughs> right or Noah's Ark for a brief time right and mm -hmm. so there's power in telling our stories and it's really it's stories that connect us 
I am an international speaker without a passport. And the reason why I keep getting booked, thanks, shout out to COVID, that's the one silver lining of COVID for me, <laughs> you know, is that no matter where I'm speaking on the country or in the world, something about my story is resonating with someone else. They're seeing themselves reflected in my story, even though we have nothing in common on the surface. And that is the power of stories. And you think about indigenous culture, you think about our black and brown family members, our ancestors, you know, who had no choice but to tell oral history and use storytelling as a way to stay connected to our roots, right? We all have that one auntie or deal who always talking about stories of the family at those barbecues or those gatherings or over the holiday dinner table, right? And so there is a, there is a, you know, we talk a lot about generational trauma, but we don't talk enough about generational resilience. Mm -hmm. And so much of our generational resilience gets muffled out by the trauma because we are, it's much easier to talk about our traumas and how that's impacting us. But we have to start thinking about a little wider in our spectrum of, of generational trauma and start thinking about, okay, there's generational trauma and there's generational resilience. And they both can coexist. They don't have to cancel each other out, right? And so what I've realized is that I come from a strong lineage of strong Latina women who were storytellers in their own right, who didn't have access to education that I had or opportunities that I had, right? I got the writing and the artistic stuff from my mother who became a mom at 15, who didn't get to finish high school or go to college, right? Who before she was even an adult had to learn how to become a mother. And so there was, there was something to be said about like how many genes have been deferred in my family. And then when you said to me, you never, even if it failed, you kept going because I saw what dreams deferred did to people. And I didn't want that for myself. And if I don't leave this city, I'm not going to become the person I need to become. Right? And that's why the biggest advice I give to young people when they go to college is go away. Figure it out. Even if you don't, <laughs> even if you don't have the money, get debt, whatever. It'll be worth it because you have to live beyond your city limits. And Patterson's not a bad place. It's not as bad as people make it seem. But it's also not an easy place either, right? And so to make something of yourself, to be creative entrepreneurs, to do this, to go to college, to be first or second generation college graduates, like... That's no easy feat where we come from, right? And we also don't have the privilege of having an established network of people who have money and resources and connections, right? So, you know what I mean? Like, I had to keep going even when things failed because I knew I had to make it better for my niece. I know that I have nieces and nephew now who I need to make life better for, right? And even though I'm not where I thought I would be by the time I got to my early 30s, Thank God I'm not where I used to be. Same. Hey y'all, Pink Lady here. I'm a podcast producer, director, coach, and host. And I want to tell you all about my production company, Pink Lady Productions. We collaborate with creatives like you who are driven to share your message by launching your podcast from A to Z and coaching you through the process. To learn more about our services, check out our website at pinkladyprod.com. That's P-I-N-K-L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D.com. <laughs> Same. Oh my God, I just, I... Everything you're saying, everything you're saying, like, and I never felt this way growing up. I never felt like, oh, I have to be something for anybody else. I was very, uh, I was spoiled growing up. I'll just say that because I had everything I needed. You know, I 
to most of the things I wanted to. Mama Gary. Hey, Miss Gary. You know my mom. Like, she she provided. She was that, right? She was the, oh, when things fail, oh, I'm going to try something else because I have to provide for my family, right? So I saw that, but I couldn't relate to it. Because she made but, people have to relate to it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the point, right? That's why you're doing that so that your nieces and everybody else coming after them don't have to right like you, it's, it's a balance right or some type of harmony of finding like you want your children to like know the value of hard work right but you don't want them to struggle you don't want them to go through what you had to go through because you should right? have to struggle to learn and right. that's the difference key right major key because the most privileged person has the ability to learn without having to struggle while they learn mm. i didn't have that mm. right and that's why I work so hard. I don't want kids of my own. Unless I find a husband that really wants a child. I don't plan on having kids. But I have I have three nieces I really love. I just got a newborn nephew. And then my other friend, Mark Bruce, just had his son. So now I have two little nephews that are like under a year old, only a few months apart. So there are nieces and nephews and, and children family that I want to bless. Like, even though I'm not talking to my mom and my sister right now, I want to be able to buy buy my mom a retirement house or, or put her in a nice nursing home that's five stars even though I always tell her three stars I want to be able to help my sister get her first down payment on her first property I want my I want to help my niece pay for her wedding if she ever chooses to get married right I want to help my niece you know what I mean like there are certain things that I want to I want to create college or educational funds for my other nieces who are younger who even if they don't go to college they can use it for trade school or certificate programs or whatever they choose to do it with right as, as long as they're advancing their education they can use the money mm -hmm. right and I know that's the kind of life I'm building for myself because that's what I'm working towards. And I and I, I have really understood from a young age when I was told that I was just a wannabe, that I just wanted to be me. Hmm. Oh, I never said that before. That that just gave me I fun. love that. Yeah. But I wasn't a wannabe. I just wanted to be me. Clearly, I'm having an emotional day, y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm Mark, but I'm loving but I'm it. Like, Ooh. this is, y'all, this is an exclusive with Mark Travis Rivera, okay? <laughs> y'all don't even know. Like, everybody don't get this, okay? <laughs> no, Mark, I'm just, all right, we're going to get into the actual interview questions okay, now. Yes, let's do that. Let's do but, that. Let's do that. but I just want you to know, like, I'm just so grateful. Like, this conversation has been so enlightening. Like, it's only... 30 minutes or however long we've been talking like it's just been so oh I've got chills I'm thinking about so much like I I'm just I'm just so grateful I'm not gonna cry I'm not gonna cry this is my show I'm not <laughs> <laughs> all right so Mark yes Jasmine <laughs> let's talk about your podcast marking the path yeah. Okay, so you wanted to start marking the path to share stories of people who exist at multiple intersections. Talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about talk tell stories of people who exist at multiple intersections of marginalized identities because so often we're not reflected in the media, right? Like for those who don't know, I studied communications um, at Rosa Parks, which was a new name for it before it was just creative writing. But when they revamped the curriculum, they called it communication arts. And in that, I studied creative writing, media, mass media, and two years of journalism. And I also minored in dance. And so, you know, I always understood how to tell a story. I've been writing since I was in grammar school, right? Like, 
I knew that writing was going to be my, my gateway out. I didn't know that was the damn stuff until later on in life. But but for me, one of the best compliments I ever got about my work was that when they see my choreography, they don't see the dancer in me. They see the writer in me, right? The way I'm able to tell a story through movement. And so I knew that this podcast was going to be about wellness and authenticity and how one becomes their authentic self, right? How does one blaze their own path? Because I'm not the only one, right? You're not the only one. There are a whole bunch of people on this world who have to, to break their own, to make their own way and, and blaze their own path. And those stories aren't told enough. And so I had some amazing conversations at Marking the Path with people like Adrienne Marie Brown, who is a huge, you know, writer. And I mean, I was, when she said yes to me, I was like, oh my gosh. And we had a very moving, technical difficulties aside, we had a very moving conversation about disability and who she was becoming in that moment. Um, people like Yolo Akili talking about Black, queer, and mental health with Organization Beam. There are other amazing people, even like people I didn't know personally, who I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know Adrian McBride. I did meet her once, but I don't know her. But most people I knew, some people I didn't know, and you were the one who, I believe it was you. Someone had suggested I have a, a episode with my sister. I think it was you, and that was season one. And then season two was Trey, and then season three was my niece Jalen, right? And those were, were some of the most popular episodes. For three guests who didn't have a social media presence, who weren't sharing it with their networks, right? There were just three people in my life who agreed to be on this podcast who weren't in the public eye. And I remember being really moved by my sisters. Um, I should probably re-listen to that episode um, because she was so vulnerable. For someone, and my sister is extremely introverted. She's very like private. Like she loves me and she celebrates me. And, you know, we're not talking right now, but that aside, like I know she still loves me. But she would never like willingly just go out in public and share her life story. Like the fact that she even said yes, I was shook. And and I was even shook, like, and I even gave her the option to say, Do you want me to edit this out? Cause like she got real, real. And, you know, it was really beautiful. And to see that I ended the series with started with her and then ended it with my niece, her daughter, was just a full circle moment for me. And people always say, like, Oh, why did you end after three seasons? Well, one, it wasn't monetizing it. Like I was investing all this money and fundraising for all this money, thousands of dollars to pay the team and stuff, to pay you, to pay the graphic designer, to pay this, to pay that. And it wasn't monetizing. It wasn't, and it wasn't like it was giving me so much exposure that like it was worth doing it for the exposure. It wasn't gaining traction. And there are a couple things that could have, you know, looking back at it now and knowing what I know now, you know, I would do differently, right? And so, you know, as I get ready to do my new podcast, there is a different approach I'm taking. And and so there's something to be said about this. The reason why I did it was because it was a dream of mine and COVID made me realize that I didn't want to die with this dream or rather to quote, I believe it's my Angelou. I don't want to die with untold stories within me. I have to quote, I have to Google who said that because that's such a powerful, I want to get the exact quote. But yeah, so that's why I launched the podcast because, and I wouldn't have done it without you, right? Like Pink Lady Productions was an integral an essential part of launching that podcast. Not only were you able to provide the technical skills that I was clearly lacking, but you were able to give me the confidence to do something that I wasn't actually good at. Like I'm not, I'm good at public speaking. I, I wasn't good at podcast recording, especially solo episodes. I was better with interviewing the guests, but those solo episodes, I listened to Sean's podcast and I'm just like, yo, he's a fucking natural right? Like, that wasn't me, my full episode. I was always shaky. I was pausing. I would have to, like, restart them over and over. But my interview with the guests felt more natural to me, right? And so I realized there were certain aspects of that that I wasn't good at. 
and it's okay. I'm not good at everything. No one's good at everything they do, but I never gave up on it, right? I saw it through. So I just want to mention, you said uh, Sean's podcast, for the for you, those of you listening, that is Dim Boys Podcast with Sean Aaron. So go check that out. That is another podcast that I produce. Um, amazing podcast about amplifying uh, trans voices. So yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, so I have a few questions about what you just said. First of all, um, you talked a little bit about why the podcast ended due to like monetization. It wasn't really gaining traction. Um, it wasn't, you know, you weren't really making your money back basically. Is there any other reason why the podcast ended or was that the primary like, no, it's making, it's costing too much money, it's over. <laughs> it was costing too much money. I wasn't getting retirement investment and it wasn't gaining traction with listeners and downloads. That was, so there's two reasons. It was costly. Right. That's the first reason it wasn't. I wasn't getting retirement investment. So I wasn't making that money. I, I wasn't even breaking even. Right. And then it wasn't gaining the number of downloads and plays that I thought it would get. Right. And obviously three years later, or, you know, since we started the podcast, I have thoughts and ideas how to do it better next time. But what I came to realize was that also things don't have to go on forever. You know, and it, and, it does, and and like you said, you always just say this to me for now. Right. Marking the path is done for now. Who knows what happens, right? Let's say in the next five years, my career really blows up. And next thing you know, I'm a New York Times bestseller and someone wants to ask me to do a podcast. I might bring back Mark from the past, right? To make sure that those other episodes get listeners to and then new listeners and you'll get some royalties for being a producer, right? So there's all these things I'm thinking about in the future, but it's okay to just try something, love it and say, all right, this is, this, it ran its course. I'll come back to it later if I can. If not, it's okay. There's other things to do, Right. Uh, I always have, as a creative person, I always have all these ideas. And so I'm I'm never one, like when I ended my dance company after 10 years, so many people were mad at me. And I actually, I didn't even realize how much my company meant to people until it's been a couple of years now since this year marks would have been, uh, this month is the, the month I, I founded the organization in 2009. I didn't realize how much people cared about the organization until it's been now three or four years since I dissolved it. And so people are still asking me about it. Like, why don't you bring it back? Why don't you start your dance company again? I'm just like, I'm... I'm heading in a different direction with dance, you know? And so, and I'll talk more about that in the future. But yeah, there, there are other things I'm doing that people don't know yet behind the scenes to elevate my work as a disabled choreographer and storyteller. And so I want to just mention, I just want to mention that quote was from Maya Angelou. She says, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. So I just want to give her credit for that. That was what I was alluding to earlier. And I just wanted to get that exact quote. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I love what you said. I completely agree. I think we need to, that's one thing we need to normalize, right? Letting things end, letting things come to an end because they come to an end whether we want them to or not, right? And right. a lot of things, a lot of times we're just holding on, praying, you know, hoping that it'll work out and it's just not working out because it's time for you to pivot. It's time for you to change and, and grow into something else or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's okay. Let's normalize that. Yeah. It's better to try and fail than to never try at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because how are you going to know if you can, if you're going to fail or be successful, if you don't try, right? right. You just, you don't know. Not trying to equal failure automatically. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about how I helped you launch the podcast with both technical and um, helping you gain confidence. Talk a little, a little bit more about how I actually helped you, you know, gain confidence and what I actually did for the technical portion. Yeah. So obviously you edited the audio because I ain't got that talent. 
and you also help with um show notes you help run team meetings like i had a whole team because you know i'm extra when i do things i try to go big um which also that's my biggest advice it don't need to be that expensive you don't need to be hiring that many people to help y'all just get some key people like jazz manager producer editor and then get some consultants to help you do it like i was doing the most because you know i'm extra anywho that aside um i think the biggest piece was when things got stressful, I knew that I had a creative partner who could hear me out and like ground me, right? And not just because you're my friend, but because you were my producing partner, right? I always call it, you're my creative partner, right? You're the one person that I've known for a very long time that I'm I'm able to do business things with because I know it won't hinder our friendship. There are some people who worked on the podcast with us who were dear friends of mine who just unfriended me on Facebook, who just stopped talking to me, right? And so it's like, oh, okay, right? And so there's something you just can't do business with. And let me tell you, some people are meant to be witnesses to your journey, not companions, right? You are, will always be- a No, companion. no, stop. Say that again. Some people are going to be witnesses on your journey, not companions, because some people are only able to witness you. They can't go where you're going. And I have to learn that, whether they're family, friends, lovers, co- former coworkers, whatever, right? Like some people are witnesses, not companions. And so often, like you said earlier, we have a hard time letting go of people and things and situations that we try to make a companion out of a witness, but companionship requires a reciprocal energy. It requires two people wanting to connect and hold space for each other. A witness is simply watching you. They're not being with you. Oh, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And I think on the more technical stuff, you, in addition to um, working with the uh, do show notes and edit the episode audio, um, you also manage the back end. So you handle all the distribution, which is really important because I had no idea how to do that. Um, and you also, you were really good at like coaching me about slowing down enunciation. That's the actor in you, right? Like helping you. And if people don't realize like, it's really good to have an actress, a trained actor, award-winning, I should say, by the way, state award-winning actress who can give you those, like use your diaphragm, enunciate, you know, move your lips a certain way, move your tongue a certain way. So there's certain things that you're able to do because you have the actor background that people, I don't even think I realized it back then, but now as I'm talking to you about this, I'm like, oh yeah, that's her actress background, right? And so it's like, there's something to be said about how you were able to use all of your stuff and all of your talent to encourage me and push me. And also when I used to beat myself up about, oh, that wasn't such a good episode or I was really scattered, I was really stressed. You're like, no, that was a great episode. Like, and And you were right, right? After I was emotionally removed from the situation, I could listen to them and say, oh, that was a good episode. Right. And like, and you and I would often be shocked that like the path of a Christian is our most played episode to this date with my dear friend, Dr. Alicia Nicole Harris. And I don't know why that particular episode just, just went, it just went to a whole other place. And I'm honored that she's my friend and she said yes, but yeah, it was because of you, right? Because you gave me the ability to be vulnerable, right? At a time when because anyone that knows me, my, my I've been talking more about religion lately and my spirituality, my faith over the last couple months since going back to church. But at that time when I recorded that episode, I was not publicly talking about my religious trauma as a queer person who grew up in the church. So, you know, but you having someone like you as my partner gave me the confidence to go there when even when I wasn't really ready to go there, if that makes sense. And so, you know, that's something that I acknowledge and appreciate. And not just that, right? Like you obviously have the technical skills, but in the coaching side is there. But I think what I really appreciate is that you never questioned my vision. You never tried to alter who I was for the sake of more listens or downloads. You allowed me to be my authentic self. And all you simply did was help me become more me. 
I think that's very important as a producer, somebody who takes your vision and just grows it, expands it. Um, what, how, how do you see this working? Okay, well, let me tell you, you know, let me put my technical spin on it. Let me tell you how it works in the podcasting world. And let's come to an agreement on what works best. Because at the end of the day, it's your podcast. You know, I want it to be your complete vision. I want you to thrive, right? I can't do that if I'm making it all about me. So, you know, so I, I think that's very important. So if you're listening out there, you're thinking about starting a podcast, thinking about hiring a producer, make sure you're hiring someone who can take your vision and bring it to life and not just take parts of what you want and mold it into what they want. Yeah, because it's one thing to elevate and it's one thing to alter, right? And you always elevated my content and my work and my vision. You never altered it to meet your own desires or your own perspective or your own opinions, right? Um, and that's really important. You want a producing partner and a, a creative partner who's going to be able to say, that wasn't that great or that wasn't such a good idea. But also say, here are some recommendations, but you do you, boo, right? Because there were things that you and I didn't always agree on, right? And... And there were things that, you know, there were recommendations you gave me that I took that I loved and some that I took that I didn't necessarily like at first. And I'm glad I listened to you. And there were situations where I was like, no, I'm not listening to that. Right. And that was okay. No one took it personal. Um, because I think that what really is important is to have a producer who's going to fill in the gaps that you lack, right? The, 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 the technical gaps, the time gap that I, I had that you were able to fill for me. And then there were ways that I felt like you working with me made you better too, right? And so that there were that there's a simple relationship of like growing and learning because you know anyone that knows me well knows I'm very particular about how I communicate things, how I write certain things. And so Jasmine was writing the show notes, and I would have to constantly give her edits and feedback. And I felt like it made her a better writer through that process, right? And so it's like there is something to be said about like process and editing and and being very particular and being very clear. Like I felt you and I were very clear about our expectations, our boundaries. Don't text me about work stuff. Uh, only email me, right? That was one of the boundaries we had. Uh, if we were talking in a, in a meeting, we only gave ourselves like five minutes in the beginning to talk about some personal stuff and then we went straight into business and then after we scheduled time to talk about personal stuff, right? Like we were very good about setting boundaries and, and I think that's really important. You want to have a producer who you can trust. Uh, if they happen to be your friend, you got to set those boundaries, additional boundaries, but you really want to work with someone who is invested in bringing your vision to life. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, I, I completely agree about my writing getting better and it's, it's also about me being able to mimic your voice, right? Because I'm I'm writing the show notes, but it's supposed to be coming from you because you're the host, right? So that's one thing that you absolutely helped me get better at is like, okay, Jasmine, this is your voice. This is how you would say it, but this is not how Mark would say it. And with my clients after you, it's like, okay, that's not how they would say it. You got to say it how they would say it. You know, you got to mm -hmm. use their voice. So that is one thing that you absolutely helped me with and I'm completely grateful. Hey, I'm glad. Yes. Um, all right. So the last question I have yeah. for you. <laughs> you kind of you you've given a lot of advice for new podcasters or anybody in your industry, but just to sum it up, what would be your like number one, this is my grand golden nugget to new podcasters? It does not matter how saturated the market may appear. Only you can tell the stories you're trying to tell through podcasting. No one can tell your story the way you tell your story. And no one can hold space for stories the way you can. 
So stop comparing yourself. Stop trying to be perfect. And work with a professional like Jasmine to get you right. Period, right? <laughs> Period. All right, Mark, is there anything else you want to talk about? I know you have a new podcast coming out, and I want to hear all about that. Yeah, I'll tell you quick. I'll tell you quick. It's, it's called, uh, I'll give you a quick synopsis. It's called The My and Me Podcast, a podcast about mothering ourselves to whole higher people. And it is being co-hosted and co-produced by my new friend, Crystal, who is based in Atlanta. She is a 51-year-old Black straight woman from Texas who grew up in the church, uh, whose mother um, has dealt with addiction all of her life. Um, and you know me, I'm a single, I grew up in a single mother household. My mother has mental illness. Um, and that upbringing really impacted me. And so one day we were talking about, ironically, we were talking about the Will Smith and, and Chris Rock slap at the Oscars that, you know, we met right after the Oscar situation happened. And we totally disagreed on that topic. And it was funny because even though we totally disagreed, we just really hit it off. And you would think on the surface we have nothing in common. And she had no idea who I was, but I didn't super important. But then she like, she had a YouTube show and she wanted to feature me on it. So she started doing all this research on me and she was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you did all these things. And I was like, uh-huh. She's like, oh my God, would you be on my show? I was like, yeah. She's like, I can't pay you what you're worth. I was like, girl, just buy me a drink and some dinner or whatever. It's fine. And that's what we did. It was like not a big deal, right? And so and it ended up, and she's one of my biggest supporters. She can become one of my dearest friends here in Atlanta. And I cannot wait. And she's the reason why I'm doing a vodcast and a podcast. So we're doing the, the shout out to Angie Martinez in real life for uh, inspiring this. We're recording the two of us sitting at my, our, off a coffee table uh, with some cocktails talking about motherhood and growing up with our mothers and how we've had to learn to mother ourselves to wholehearted people and all that that entails right so it's gonna be a really really dynamic podcast um really probably the most personal she and I will ever get uh in this kind of platform and her husband is actually the videographer so she's he's gonna record us and then she'll do all the editing I'll do all the writing and the show notes and the graphics and then together we'll collaborate on getting distribution out there so she'll manage the YouTube channel um, matters the, the distribution on the, the anchor end because you taught me how to do that that was meant to be clearly um I just that's beautiful how mm. y'all met the conversation and then what you know what came of it and then the fact that she already knows what she's doing and she has a husband who knows what he's doing and then you can take on that part where you know what you're doing that is beautiful that is mm. like it's kismet it's meant to be you know well it was a lesson so, I learned from the first podcast which was Mark, don't spend so much money on a podcast that you don't know whether it's going to monetize or not, right? And so it's like, we don't know what's going to happen with this podcast, right? And we have committed to doing it for a year, see where it goes. Um, and I think the video component and the audio component is going to be really dynamic and give people different perspectives and different ways of engaging with the content, which we didn't do with Mark in the past uh, for a reason. Uh, and also, it's different having a co-host, right? Like, I've always wanted to have a podcast where I was a co-host because it's, it's a lot of pressure when you're the host and it's just you. Um, so I'm really excited to work with her. Crystal is amazing. And uh, the Ma and Me podcast premieres in May of 2023, right the week before Mother's Day, the week of my birthday. So it is very timely how that all that's going to come out. And working with you allowed me to like think back, okay, this is the, the launch date for the trailer. When do I need to get this done by, right? And, and so there are so many ways that working with you and Pink Lady Productions has made me a better um, storyteller has made me a better business person and has made me strategize how to use podcasting to get the word out and to network and to grow my business as a speaker so thank you Jasmine oh Mark you are so welcome like you know I love you so much you are beyond I love you welcome too. I cannot wait to see 
or I can't wait to yeah see and hear this podcast right like I'm definitely gonna watch it I'm gonna tune in I cannot wait because I know I know it's gonna be good I know y'all gonna keep it real and I know it's gonna be an amazing story so I'm excited for you thank you darling I love you I'm proud of you I cannot wait to see where this journey takes you with Pink Lady Productions and I can't wait for you to give me more nieces and nephews. I'm just all excited. All really excited. Oh, I tried it. Yeah, I did. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm glad you know you tried it. So yeah, on that note, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Podcasting is the new kink. This conversation was amazing. I cannot wait for it to air. But you know, of course, I will let you know when it does. I'll give you all the deets. And just before we end, tell my audience how they can connect with you. You can connect with me on Instagram or TikTok at Mark, M-A-R-K-T-R-A, V as in Victor, Rivera, the word river out of A, R-I-V-E-R-A. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. You can search Mark Travis Rivera. I should come up. Um, and most importantly, you can um, email me at Mark at com, And I will send you, and Jasmine will add this in the show notes, my link to my newsletter, weekly newsletter. And also, I'll also add the link to my link tree, which takes you to all the other things. So, yeah, I'm super excited to connect with your audience, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. And if you're thinking about how podcast to be your new kink, think of Pink Lady Productions because she is one of the best producers I know. Mark, I love you. I love you. Be well. You too. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything I talked about on this episode, you can DM me on Instagram at PinkLadyProd, that's P-I-N-K-L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D, or you can email me at jasmine at PinkLadyProd.com. Jasmine is spelled J-A-S-M-I-N-E. If you want more info about Pink Lady Productions or me, you can visit our website at pinkladyprod.com. Subscribe to Podcasting is the New Kink for updates on new episodes, and please feel free to share it. Also, please rate and review the show. Peace.